It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Carolina Panthers concluded their offseason program on Wednesday afternoon. So did they accomplish all their goals this offseason? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we're in off-season mode here on the show. Starting on July 17th, move back to your team every day. Our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions and get those questions in either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. The Carolina Panthers wrapped up their offseason program on Wednesday as they finished up their two-day mandatory minicamp. And by all accounts, Frank Reich said that they checked all the boxes of what they were trying to accomplish this offseason. They got all the installations in. They got a good look at the players. So everything is good here for the Carolina Panthers with this renewed sense of energy and positivity and optimism in the NFL better than any league in the Amer- in America sells hope. Man, they sell hope to everybody out there that all 32 teams have a chance. Market size, that does not matter in the NFL. Drafting, developing Hiring the right coaches, getting a quarterback, those are things that can separate you in the NFL, not based off whether you're in New York or L.A. But if you have the right coaches and the right players, you have a chance to win big. And the Carolina Panthers are hoping now that they have the right quarterback and they have the right staff to where they can take control of the NFC South this upcoming season as it is wide open after watching the departures of Sean Payton, the former uh, Saints coach, who's now the Broncos coach. Also, the departures of Tom Brady and Drew Brees, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. There is a lot of just instability right now within the division. And the hope is here in Carolina with this new coaching staff and Bryce Young that they can be able to stabilize things in Carolina and take control of the division. So how did things go over the course of the last couple of weeks of OTAs and mandatory minicamp for the Carolina Panthers? Well, according to Frank Reich, as I've said, he had, they checked all the boxes as far as getting the installs in, got a good look at players. They feel like they know what they have here on the roster and they feel good about a lot of position groups. And we've spoken a lot about wide receivers, talk about edge rushers, and Frank Reich has kind of you know passed the buck on to uh, Scott Bitter, the general manager here in Carolina, saying, you know what, the roster's an ongoing evaluation. I like what we have here as far as the roster. I'm not going to sit here and say that we need to get this player in or that player out of here. I like what we have, and me and Scott will have a conversation. They're going to let things kind of settle here for the next couple of weeks, and then maybe in July, which I think will probably happen, they may start talking about some contract discussions with Brian Burns. We'll have an update here for you in just a moment on Brian Burns and where his contract stands here in Carolina. And they'll also take a look you know, closer to training camp at the roster as a whole and see 
okay, what players are available? Who may we want to bring in here to Carolina that could help us? And what areas of needs do we have on the roster? That's a conversation that Scott Fitter and Frank Reich will both have here in Carolina. And it's going to be a little bit of a break right now. they got about six, seven weeks off until they come back to training camp down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College. And Frank Reich said, yes, while it's a break, it's not really a break. He still is challenging his players to stay in shape mentally, physically, and be ready to go once they get down to training camp. It's not like back in the day where you just hung out during the summer, went to the beach, chilled, and then you got in shape at training camp for two days. No, it's not like that anymore. You need to show up in shape and ready to go, especially for a team that, with all the positivity, the guys wanted to be around each other. And Dante Jackson spoke to the media on Wednesday, and he was saying it was just great, you know, the energy, because... You know, some of the guys just wanted to hang out even on the off days within the facility. He's not saying that was necessarily different from years past, but it's just good to see the camaraderie of the camaraderie of this team and everyone really excited about the new challenge ahead, this new staff, the new scheme and being there um, when it needs to. And it's not like there was really any absences. We didn't hear anything about guy, anybody missing mandatory mini camp. We didn't hear anything about guys not showing up for OTAs. Everyone was bought in and even look back at the Matt rule regime. A lot of guys were bought in and they were there at OTAs. There was a high participation rate. And we saw that again here in Carolina, which is exactly what we want to see with the new coaching staff taking over. And Frank Reich talked about his coordinators. The first time he's really been around those, guys saying that they're all natural leaders Chris Tabor the special teams coordinator Thomas Brown the offensive coordinator who did a great job in Frank Reich's opinion with working with the quarterbacks in particular Bryce Young and of course Jero Vero who's bringing in this new scheme defensively everything that they're able to do he felt like those guys showed really well and that David Tepper he once again credited him to being able to fund the project here in Carolina and be able to bring in this world-class staff that hopefully can put the Carolina Panthers over the top starting here in 2023. Now, one of the biggest things that I was looking for and a lot of y'all were looking for going into mandatory minicamp was how Bryce Young would look with the ones. All the reports that I saw looked like Bryce Young was taking care of the football and doing the things that you wanted to see. And Frank Reich said a week ago that, hey, it's just another step into the process. That the best thing for the team is to get Bryce out there and try to get him ready to go and have everybody ready for week one. And for the Carolina Panthers, who drafted Bryce Young number one overall, and they're putting the ball in his hands to be the guy who can carry this franchise moving forward and can be the difference maker and can get them to the way, where they want to go, the ultimate goal of hoisting that Lombardi Trophy. Go ahead and give it out there. Get him in the front of these guys who's supposed to lead and all that. So I'm excited about it. Uh, as far as, you know, the box checks, all the whether Bryce Young checked all those boxes that they're looking for, what boxes in particular were those. Uh, Frank Reich said, you know, the command of the offense, understanding the protection scheme, uh, showing accuracy and being able to handle the offense in general, all those boxes were checked. And even when asked, like, what boxes did he not check? When he was asked about that, Frank Reich said, you don't know until the pads come on. Competitively, he hasn't really been out there so far in the NFL, whether it's training camp or the preseason, of course, the regular season when games actually matter. We haven't seen Bryce Young in pads. We haven't seen a lot of these guys under Reich in this new offensive scheme and defensive scheme in pads. So until the pads come on, you can be excited about players. Like I think a lot of people were excited about Bryce Young and Frank Reich is one of them. And he said he's excited about a lot of guys, but he, you don't really know until the pads come on and you get to see how guys compete and how they handle the real competition aspect of the game of football and the physicality and whether they can hold up. So Bryce Young, while he has commanded the offense, which is good, he understands the protection scheme, which obviously he has to. He's showing accuracy, which of course is extremely important. He's being able to just handle the offense in general, that he's not overwhelmed, that nothing is really too big for him right now. All of that is exactly where you wanted to see Bryce Young at this point in time with the end of mandatory minicamp heading into this break before the start of training camp down at Wofford. That's everything that we wanted. 
Now it's just how does he perform once the lights are on, once the pads come on. We will only find out in due time, but it's good that right now he's already sitting there atop the depth chart, and he's been able to work with the ones for even just two days, but he's worked with them the last three, four weeks as well, but really primarily being the guy as QB1. Good to see him take those steps and be in this position at this point in time as we head into the rest of the month of June and then the rest of July before heading down to training camp down there at Wofford. So a lot of positives that we saw this offseason on the field with this coaching staff and with this team and a lot of players that they brought in, even players they let go who are now here in Carolina to help turn things around in 2023. Now, one player we didn't get to see really on the field the last couple of weeks is Brian Burns, although he did speak to the media on Tuesday and gave an update on his contract and the discussions going on there. We'll talk about that. And also, there was a player who stood out that might be easing the concerns that folks have, and myself included, about the lack of a pass rusher opposite of Brian Burns. Who is that? I'll tell you here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The NBA is over, but guys, Major League Baseball is in full swing and I would imagine that everyone out there is going to have to be trying to find ways to pass the time by watching MLB. You also have this weekend the U.S. Open at the Los Angeles Country Club. So the best place to go if you want to get in all the betting action is to go over to FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel because right now, new customers, which could be you, can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if you bet on Thursday and it's not working out for you, you can get $2,500 back in bonus bets. There's no better place to bet on all the action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Burns may have missed a lot of time the last couple weeks, at least being on the field, but he was still out there during mandatory minicamp the past two days as an active participant in watching installs go on and being there to coach up his teammates, which is something that you certainly want to see from a guy who's been a leader, expect to be a captain once again, and who's been one of the best players, one of the few bright spots here on the Carolina Panthers roster over the last couple of seasons as there's been a lot of ups, but really more downs for the team. And we're hoping that's all going to get turned around now that he's still back here in Carolina. There's a new head coach in Carolina, new quarterback, and generally the vibes are immaculate, according to Dante Jackson. So that's what we want to hope to see this upcoming season. Those vibes stay immaculate, and Brian Burns will be a key piece of the vibe staying that way here in this upcoming season. But one thing we need to know is... What's that contract going to look like? When is he going to get paid? And is there someone opposite of him that can step up and can provide the Panthers with that missing piece that I believe they have defensively heading here in the 2023 season? Now, as far as contract negotiations go, Brian Burns simply said that we've had a conversation. And he, all he could say is, all I know is that I want to be a Panther and that he's blessed 
uh, to be in this position to where he's having conversation about potentially being one of the highest paid defensive ends in football. And it was funny. Someone asked him, like, do you believe that you should be paid uh, like one of the highest paid defensive ends in the, in the NFL? And he was like, um, yes, <laughs> duh, of course. Don't you want to be paid as one of, the highest, uh, one of the highest paid reporters in your field? Yes, obviously. Everyone wants to be the highest paid at what they do. And Brian Burns is a. Uh, of course, one of them. Now, we're not all sitting there in salary cap leagues, and I, there's obviously budgets where we work, but still, Brian Burns, he wants to get the money that he's owed, and it's going to be pretty hard for the Panthers to not give him that money after not trading away at the trade deadline last year, deciding to not trade him to Chicago when they move up to number one to get Bryce Young instead, deciding to give away DJ Moore instead. So they had multiple opportunities to do that. Scott Fitterer has said from the beginning of the offseason that, He's going to work something out with Burns. And he did say that it would probably be sometime after the draft. And he has said, when asked uh, about Brian Burns and his future in Carolina, he said that Burns will be here. So Fitterer said that. Brian Burns said that he wants to be a Carolina Panther. It's just about what the money is going to look like. We had this conversation last week with a potential contract for Brian Burns could look like when that might occur. I'm looking at guys like Nick Bosa and seeing if Burns is going to wait to see whether Bosa gets paid or what he gets paid when he does get paid and all that kind of stuff. But the good thing is you got the fifth-year option. The Panthers don't necessarily have to get a deal done now. It would make sense to get it done now instead of having this go until next season, even though I think that before free agency even starts that they would find a way to get Brian Burns the money that he wants. But if he goes out there and has an all-pro season and is a complete game wrecker, which he has the ability to be, it's the price is only going to go up. So the Carolina Panthers, if they're wise, they're going to go out there and try and get this deal done. And Brian Burns as well, you know, the guy who – talked about his ankle where he hurt it in week 18 which just turned out to be a horrible day for the Panthers where Burns gets hurt Corbett's hurt um update there too on Austin Corbett coming up here on the show and Brady Christensen gets hurt but Brady you know they took care of that Corbett we know the extent of that injury and how he's gonna miss some time to start off the season and with Brian Burns it's something that kind of lingered with that ankle that I don't think people felt like it was going to be an issue because no one really was aware of it. And here we find out about, what, a couple weeks ago that he had to have surgery and that he would be out for a OTA's mandatory minicamp, but he'll be back by training camp, which is good. And it doesn't appear to be something that should be um, that's super serious that people should be really concerned about. So that's that's a good thing. It is just unfortunate that so late into the offseason uh, he's having to have surgery uh, like that when you would have loved to gotten that done, of course, back in January or February had they been able to find that earlier. Or really, I mean, I guess Burns kind of just said like, yeah, it was still bothering me. He said something. And they got it taken care of. Either way, they got it taken care of. I don't know if that's really something that would be holding up the conversations with contracts. I just feel like when you look at all the things that were going on this offseason, and I and I brought up my offseason to do list and like what I wanted the Carolina Panthers to do, and just bring it up right now. Like, look, they needed to hire coaching staff. They went out there and did that. I felt like they needed to trade up and draft a rookie quarterback. They traded up. They got Bryce Young. They needed to sign a veteran backup quarterback. They did that right after trading up on March 10th. They got Andy Dalton. They need to re-sign Bradley Bozeman. They did that as well. I thought they needed to exercise fifth-year option Derek Brown. Now, that was something that they didn't need to do until early May, and they got it down right around early May. I feel like they needed to bring back Eddie Pinheiro, which they did very early on. Resigned J.J. Chanson. Did that very early on. Uh, at a veteran corner, they brought in Eric Rowe, who can play safety and nickels. So is not necessarily an outside corner, but he can help you out in the secondary. Add a pass catching tight end. They did that by bringing in Hayden Hurst there in March on the, uh, during free agency and then figure out a way to bring back Shaq Thompson in a renegotiated deal. They did that. The only thing they have not done is extend Brian Burns. 
But as far as a priority list, like you got to get a coaching staff first. You need to make sure you found your quarterback and have that veteran backup. Uh, you needed to re-sign Bradley Bozeman. You needed to exercise fifth-year option on Derek Brown because there was actually a timeline on when that needed to be done. You needed to make sure you had your kicker. Um, and I guess Jansen, whatever, but hey, you need that. It's an important position. Uh, they needed to go find someone better, a veteran in the secondary. They got that early, and you brought in Von Bell as well to be a starter, um, which was really the big move that they made. You need to bring in a pass catching tight end, something that you would want to do as early as possible, especially in a pretty solid free agent tight end class. And you had to figure out your deal with Shaq before free agency, which they did. So all those things take priority over extending Brian Burns, who's already playing on a $16 million deal this upcoming season in Carolina. like they, It's not like he's a free agent, which we know, but you want to get that done sooner rather than later, especially just to figure out what the cap's going to look like moving forward if you want to open up some cap space, which is something I thought that maybe earlier on in the offseason they could have done, but they found other ways in order to do that so that they could bring back guys like Derek Brown and then be able, not Derek Brown, but um, like uh, Bradley Bozeman, but then be able to also bring in Hayden Hurst and Yvonne Bell and DJ Chark, Adam Thiel, and all these players that they've signed that are going to be key pieces on this roster in 2023. So all those things were not necessarily more important, but they took precedent over what we needed to happen here at Carolina as far as Brian Burns' contract, which is going to happen. So it's just only a matter of time. It's not, you know, if, but when it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and I imagine it's going to happen sometime in July before we get down to training camp. Um, and probably around the same time, Nick Bosa gets his deal there in San Francisco. But again, Burns, he's just happy, wants to be a Panther. They've had conversations. It doesn't sound like it's been necessarily too in-depth. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. Not quite sure. He doesn't have a timeline. I'm sure the Panthers have somewhat of a timeline of when they like to get it done, which is probably before training camp. Maybe they get it done during training camp, but they they want to get it done. But as far as his goals, which he's never been willing to answer in the last couple of seasons, his goal this year is to get 10 sacks by week 10. So that would be great to see Brian Burns do that. It'd also be great to see him do that after getting a mega deal going into the season. Now, one of the concerns that we have going into this year is whether there's someone at outside linebacker who can step up um, opposite Brian Burns. One guy who did that over the last couple days has been Marquise Haynes, who we've talked about on the show a lot. He's the veteran presence there at edge rusher. He has not necessarily put up big numbers. He's gone from four sacks, five sacks, to three sacks throughout his career, which is great as far as like the role he was playing. But now there's going to be a lot asked of him, especially if the Panthers decide not to bring someone in. Last year, it took him a long time before he – Finally got a sack late into that Thursday night football game against Atlanta where he closed the game out with two sacks in it. Before then, had a goose egg. After that, we saw him get three more sacks, and he had one of the better careers. Of, he had probably the best year of his career, which is good to see. But now a new scheme. Does it fit him better? How is he adapting to all of that? Seems like he's adapting well, but is Marquise Haynes someone over the course of 17-game season that you can depend on to provide that other presence as an edge rusher. And here's the thing. Like, if Haynes can give you eight and a half sacks if he's a starter this year, you you live with that. You're happy about that. It has to be more than the three, than the four, than the five. Over 17 games, he's got to produce more than that. If he can give you eight and a half, you take that. And if he gives you more than that, of course you're excited. But if he gives you eight, eight and a half sacks, that's something that would be positive for the Carolina Panthers. Like, Luvu gave you seven last year, and I don't think we look at Frankie Luvu as being that kind of edge rusher. You don't, I don't think there's, like, expectations for him to play outside linebacker um, this season. Now, last year, 
in the way that he was utilized, whether it was Phil Snow as a DC or when it was um, Al Holcomb with the combination of Steve Wilkes calling the defensive plays. I don't know if we're going to see the same kind of utilization this upcoming season uh, under Jero Vero and that new 3-4 scheme. But we know that he can provide you something. Is that what he's always going to be? I don't know yet. Marquise Haynes, we've kind of seen what he's been and what he may be. But is it possible that he's going to grow into a better player now and this could be really the breakout year of his career? That would be great to hear, and that would be great if it happens, but we'll see. And again, as Frank Reich said, the roster, there's going to be an ongoing evaluation. They'll look and see in a couple weeks what they need to do. I saw Yannick Ngakwe fired his agent. He was there in Indianapolis with Frank Reich briefly last year before Reich was fired. He fired his agent. Now he's with Drew Rosenhaus, who, of course, Panthers worked with before. That was DJ Moore's agent. I don't know who else in the roster, if anyone else is um, working, is uh, you know, has hired Drew as a representation. But either way, Ngakwe, I mean, his main problem is he doesn't want to help out in the run defense, so he wouldn't be on like his fourth or fifth team coming up here if he would be willing to be a run stopper, but he's not. So I don't know what Rosenhaus is going to do to be able to get him to actually be committed to stopping the run. But as far as a pass rusher, what the Carolina Panthers certainly could use, he would check the box. So maybe they have a conversation there. There's other guys available. By the way, it's a positive to hear that Marquise Haynes has been able to step up. And even Ito Rosmatos, Brian Burns just talked about how he really has been able to kind of you know, transition fairly well, and it's about just a reckoning, reckoning, um, recognition defensively, especially when you have to stand up and drop into coverage and how being able to do that. He feels like Grossmatos and the limited snaps he's seen of him has done a pretty go- a good job there. But again, as Frank Reich said, uh, you don't know until the pads come on. So we've seen it from Haynes now, and we've seen a little bit from Grossmatos now, but what do they do when the pads come on? Over the last couple seasons, Grossmatos not much. Marquinhos says a little bit more but not nearly enough for you to feel very confident about that position heading into 2023. But it is a positive sign, though, that Marquis Haynes was constantly in the backfield the last two days during mandatory minicamp, and maybe he's shown them that, hey, I'm your guy. Frank Reich did say there's a starter there. Was it a de facto starter or actually a true starter? Well, that's only to be decided later on here heading into the season. Now, a few more questions about injuries heading to the year. When will... Dante Jackson be back. When will Austin Corbett be back? Got an update there. And there's a tryout player there for the Carolina Panthers. And a few more notes from Mandatory Minicamp that we'll talk about here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as the Carolina Panthers head into this little month and a half long break before heading down to training camp down at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where do they stand as far as injuries go? This is a great time for guys to heal up to get their bodies in shape, but also, you know, just kind of relax and be ready to go once training camp gets going on down there at Wofford. Well, just a quick injury update, and Frank Reich did say when speaking with the media on Wednesday that he will get one final kind of update and report before he goes off and, you know, he enjoys his time off um, wherever that may be. But he did tell us on Wednesday and on Tuesday as well 
that Austin Corbett is the only player that is expected to miss time to start the season. That's already been said before, and that he will likely, which, you know, if he's going to miss time to start the season, that he'll be put on the pup list. Outside of that, there's no other expectation of anyone else to end up on the pup list. We know that J.C. Horn, who had an issue with his foot slash ankle, not the same foot that he broke a couple years ago during his rookie season, uh, against Houston on Thursday Night Football that cost him the rest of that season. But the other one, J.C. Horn, you know, he's going to be in the booth the next couple of weeks, but he's expected to be ready to go once we get down to training camp. Brian Burns, same case, expected to be ready to go once the Panthers get down to training camp. Now, a couple other ones that you might not have heard of, um, heard about, apparently Von Bell tweaked his hamstring uh, at some point over the last couple of weeks. He'll be fine. He wasn't out there on Wednesday, but he, he should be fine. So not a major concern there. Get you know, the best thing about those injuries, or the, not the best thing, but the thing about those injuries is, you know, rest is what you really need. So he can rest that up over the next six and a half weeks, which is good. So hopefully that's something that does not linger um, once they get down to training camp, but he kind of he tweaked it, just rested up, and he'll, he should be fine. That's what Frank Wright said. Uh, Chandler Zavala, the fourth round pick out of NC State, has a strained pec. Uh, again, one of those things where he's just going to kind of rest it up, and hopefully that will not be an issue. Still seen as more of a depth piece for the Carolina Panthers, but it's something was going to happen to any of the interior guys, they would need him to step up. So hopefully not going to be anything too serious for Chandler Zavala heading into his rookie year where he could factor in with Austin Corbett missing time and then looking like Cade May is going to step up and be the starting right guard. There's a possibility that Zavala comes in and has to start at some point in time if they need him to do that. Also, have Jess McRae, who can play center and also can play guard, who's another one of those guys, but looks like he's more of a backup center for the Panthers more than someone that they want to come in and play guard. Uh, Dante Jackson. Uh, looked like he was in good spirits. He did talk about just the struggles and the tears of having to miss time and just, you know, not feeling right and trying to work back from that Achilles, which I have my concerns about. And it's, it's difficult. He talked, he talked to Steve Smith. He's talked to some other guys out there who have torn their Achilles and just, you know, trying to come back from that and, and how that's going to work. And for, and for DJ, I mean, he's still a young guy, man. I mean, he was younger than me. So he's still a guy who's just trying to get ready be a leader for this team and I love his positive attitude all the vibes coming from him again he's had immaculate vibes around the team and whenever he's out there and, he, and he's happy like that's good to see and it's so interesting when you look back at the uh the Amazon all or nothing series and the way he was portrayed in that and it's not necessarily how he's portrayed but the way he kind of he conducted himself and we don't know everything that happened it's really cool to see a guy who really seem like oh man is this guy coachable to a guy who is one of the leaders been a captain the last couple of seasons someone who is really a mentor to some of these players on the roster and has that right frame of mind and someone that is really important to the Carolina Panthers defense just to see him smiling happy really excited about the opportunity ahead with this team and that he's said he'll be ready for training camp now we'll see and the fact that Reich uh, didn't think Dante Jackson would need to be um, on the pup list. No, we'll see. There's still time. He's like, it's been, he said it was about, it's been over seven months, about to be eight months here coming up shortly. Um, and then you look at, he'll have another month and a half. It'll be about nine and a half, eight, what, yeah, nine and a half months by the time he gets down there to training camp. You would hope that he'd be ready to go. Now, Will be full go, all that. I, I don't know. But he says that he'll be ready for training camp. So that's a positive for the Carolina Panthers because they certainly need JC and Dante Jackson healthy. And it's not great heading into this break for both of those guys to still be nursing an injury, one more significant than the other. But the fact that, well, 
at least the thought that they'll both be ready to go come training camp. And that's what we all should be uh, focusing on more than, um, oh, man, are they going to be ready? Are they actually going to be healthy this upcoming season? Because that, of course, is a concern, but just, just focus on the positives right now here in mid-June. Uh, a couple other notes. Jordan Matthews, a former wide receiver, uh, played in Philadelphia. He's played – couple other spots in the league went to Vanderbilt was outstanding there he's been trying out as a tight end the last two uh days here uh during mandatory minicamp Panthers have 89 roster spots they still have one left to fill if they want to and that could be Jordan Matthews uh you, you already kind of know where Hurst is going to fit here in Carolina Tommy Trimble Feels like he's going to be in a good spot. Ian Thomas feels like he's the number two tight end. We got Stephon Sullivan, Gio Ritchie. Do you bring in Jordan Matthews, who has who has experience, of course, in this league making plays? I, I wouldn't hate it as a guy to just bring in for training camp because there's plenty of guys who are really out there, just camp bodies, who really don't have a realistic chance of making the team. Why not give Jordan Matthews an opportunity? Uh, so we'll see how that works out if they do give him a chance or not. Then uh, TD, Thomas Davis was out there on Wednesday uh, talking to the guys, just told them, you know, don't waste the work. Or don't let this work go to waste uh, during the break. You continue to work out, uh, keep your body in shape, you know, continue to study up and be ready to go because there's a big opportunity. He talked about the standard that's been set before he got here and even when he was here in Carolina, and we've kind of lost that over the last couple of seasons, you know, getting back to that standard. And I feel like with guys like Burns and Chin – and Moten, and, you know, Icky is a young guy, and Thielen even coming in like that. You can get that. And Von Bell, which there's been so many great things said about him back in his time in Cincinnati. Hayden Hurst has said, talked about him and how highly he thinks of him. And with right here and just a staff, like you feel like we can get back to what the Panthers should be in that identity. So it's good to hear from a guy like TD that has step up, come to, come to uh, mentor minicamp and just go talk to the guys and tell them, you know, what it means to be a Carolina Panther. And one last thing, uh, Dante Jackson did point out Stan Thomas Oliver, who's been more of a special teams ace, got a lot of reps this last uh, couple weeks. He's someone who uh, has really uh, grown up, and he pointed that out. Guy heading into his fourth year in the NFL, maybe he's someone who can uh, help the defense out moving forward. As we've talked a lot about C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor Jr. and our concerns about what those guys provide when they've been called upon over the last couple of seasons. So positive note there about Stan Thomas Oliver heading into year four. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to get those weekly Friday mailbag questions into me now. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.